0: I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Uh, The text that um, I've been reflecting on this week is uh, Do Not Think That I Came to Bring Peace to the World, but rather Division. And if you're like me, you went, Division? I thought it was a sword. Well, yes, it's a sword in Matthew. It's the division in Luke, and that's in the Greek. It's not just an English translation feature. Um, and uh, and it's, a, it's an interesting text. It's a powerful text. It's a dangerous text. And I'm, I, I like it. I think it's very, very true. But I'm going to start by saying how dangerous it is and why you should not interpret this wrongly. Um, When you look at the text about how Christ has come to set people against each other, members of their own household against each other, and so on, the same could be said of any cult leader. The same could be said of Donald Trump. Separating members of families from each other. I don't know how many people I've talked to who said, I have blocked my family members on social media because I no longer want to see what they are posting. Um, We can't even talk anymore. Anti-vaxxers can say the same thing. I have come not to bring peace, but rather division. And so the fact of divisiveness in human social life is not proof of the truth of your claims. That's exactly backwards. And yet, psychologically, it feels that way. There's something built into our chimp hardware that when we are feeling Uh, In conflict, particularly when it's our identity as a member of a group, we double down. Um, When people, I I feel this, I'm, I'm no different, I'm a chimp just like everybody else. When I see news about how terrible the church has been... I don't care if it's Roman Catholic or crazy evangelical or whatever, when you have these horrible news stories that rise to the top of the news filter and then the people start commenting, burn all the religions to the ground. I take it personally and I go, Roar! and, and my, my tribal association kicks in and I double down on my affiliation and I'm ready for the fight. Um, and, and thankfully... I don't do that anymore. I did for a year, and it was not a good year. Um, But but the, the psychology is what I'm trying to name. The psychology is when I feel threatened and my group identity feels threatened, then I double down on that identity. And in fact, my rational brain takes a back seat to my identity and my loyalty and my emotions. And that's precisely what we see politically in all kinds of ways, particularly over the last two years. And so this text is very attractive for those of us who call ourselves Christians, who say, I am following God Almighty, absolute truth, and it's going to cause division, and the world doesn't know, but I know. Um, and And it's very attractive psychologically. It is very dangerous. It is wrong, bad, and awful. It is absolutely the wrong way to interpret it. And in fact, Um, there's a a hint of the unease even in the evangelists because I've got a couple of scholars out there. You might correct me. Feel free to do so in the comments. Um, (laughs) uh, I believe this is certainly a Q saying. It comes from the the document that we we presume, which we've named Q, which is a collection of sayings of Jesus. I believe the earliest version is Matthew's version, which is a sword. I believe Luke edited it into division because in Luke's gospel, there's a strong theme of Christ as the peacemaker and the peace bringer, And so that word sword, Luke didn't want people to get the wrong idea. I don't think that's what sword meant, but Luke wanted to make sure that it did not mean holy war, crusade, violence, social division— uh, he, he, he wanted, to, or at least at least warfare, he wanted to say it's going to be division, but he changed the word. So the scholarly point that is open to debate uh, is whether which one came first. But I believe it was Luke that was second, which is the one that we are talking today. And my understanding of why he would do that is precisely because Christ is about peace, and this can be misused to create war, to divide peoples from each other and do violence to each other. Let's not do that, says Luke not what it means so so what is the kind of division that we're talking about and in order to get to that i need to talk a little bit about peace and i need to talk about the ancient understanding of peace and certainly in english it's a word that captures a lot of things but it doesn't quite have the resonances uh, that it does in the greek and uh, the, the the sort of plain english meaning of peace is the absence of conflict when we are at peace, we are not at war. And so if we're not fighting, we are peaceful. Things are peaceable and peaceful. The ancient concept was a bit more fulsome. Peace was associated with plenty, abundance, you know, this great sense of joyfulness. So it was, a, it was a, a, an overflowing image, not just the absence of something bad. And I I'm, my... My personal theory, of course, is that that's what you pick up from observation. In a society, when your energy as a society is not going towards the engines of war, there's all this excess energy that, that is expressed in architecture and art and culture and food and plenty and, and, and gardening and all this abundance that comes through in peacetime. Uh, wealth generates in peacetime. And wealth is sucked into the war effort when you're at war. And so peace does have these resonances in the ancient world because they were so much closer to it. And um, that notion of abundance is the opposite or that notion of it is the opposite of the absence of war but that that abundance is the kind of peace that Christ came to bring when Luke is talking about the peace of Christ and and the theme of the gospel of Christ as the peace bringer it's this sense of abundance it's not just the absence of conflict and that that sense of abundance is inextricably tied with the concept of justice you can have an apparent peace because it's stable because the government is oppressing everybody equally and that is peaceful, because nobody is rebelling against the government, and so there is peace in the land. however, when it 's built on fundamental injustice, the land is not abundant, but it suffers. The people suffer in that system and so the the, um, the, the two concepts that go hand to hand throughout the old and the new testaments are peace and justice together and when, and, and so I think this is where we come to this text about I came not to bring peace but division, and I think what Christ was meaning was not that false peace of an absence of conflict. In order to get to the true peace, we have to start by being committed to principles of justice which will inevitably set us into conflict with others and set us into conflict with elements of ourselves. And so my thesis today is that there this functions both on the individual level and the social level. As an individual, when we set out on our spiritual journey, we are journeying towards peace in that abundant sense. And the peace is the, the absence of conflict leads to something bigger, something more vibrant and um, And alive, we talk about eternal life being a quality of life that we can participate in now, if imperfectly, and that abundance of life is associated with peace. And it's and I think of it in terms of an alignment in a system. If I think of my body as a mechanical system, there are things that you know. Especially as I get older, my joints don't work the way they used to, and so forth. And I look at 14-year-olds going off a spill off their bicycle and getting all scraped up and jumping up and they're better in the next day um and as i get older the mechanics of my body are a little more fragile they don't work as well and so i'm 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 less at peace my joints are less at peace with each other i have less vibrancy and so forth and i think of a machine when it's not properly oiled it is struggling against itself and now i come to the point which is when in our spiritual lives, in our emotional and our psychic lives, when we, uh, when we are... There, there's a false peace and a true peace. A false peace is the avoidance of conflict and struggle. And the road to redemption it, it lies by way of struggle with those dark parts of ourselves. And avoiding them in order to keep the peace in our life is not the solution because then we get that false peace which is analogous to the oppressive government system. I am not dealing with my problems. I am fine. Um, I am going to ignore them and everything is going to be hunky-dory. Well, of course it isn't because they continue to control us. They continue to drag us down and they continue to keep us from being who we were meant to be. When we confront our inner demons, our struggles, our, the alcoholism in our family system, the, uh, the, 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 the pains and struggles we had, the trauma that we had as a child, all those things that give us the baggage that we carry as adults, if we confront them, they, it is terrifying to confront them, to do the work, to accept the feelings that we have, to not be bound by them. This is a struggle and a conflict. And, in, and if we get through them, we can resolve those issues and come to a new peace, which is more truly who we are than the person that was just avoiding all those issues in the first place. So on the personal level, the road, the, the road to resurrection lies through the crucifixion. We engage in conflict with the forces of darkness in order to reach the light. There is no other way but through. And so I came not to bring false peace but rather division. Similarly, in a society, it's easier to see in a society because we're seeing it all around us right now, um, that if we care about truth, truth and justice and compassion and care for all of God's creatures, we will inevitably be set against powerful vested interests that do not have that goal in mind. And so when we are followers of Jesus... In, in what he calls us to as in, in relationships of the king, that characterize the kingdom of God relationships of love and kindness and compassion, then we are inevitably going to be in conflict with people and systems and forces and economic interests that are against inevitably against those principles because they are pursuing another agenda entirely so the, the business about not bringing peace, but rather division, I believe works both on a personal level and on a corporate level, as do most spiritual principles in the gospel. Um, and so I commend to you this passage, just don't use it the wrong way. Um, the, and and, and I, guess, I guess I will, just because I am um, a little bit of a brat, I'm going I'm to quote Islam to conclude. <laughs> We are a Christian church, I am a Christian, but, it, but uh, Islam has one wonderful teaching about jihad, and it's useful for us as Christians to know this about, about Muslims. There's the greater jihad and the lesser jihad, and the lesser jihad is the political jihad. It is the struggle for righteousness, and the lesser jihad, when it's understood correctly, is precisely equivalent to Augustine's sense of the just war that sometimes the lesser of evils is to oppose the evil. And that is precisely the sense that is meant by the lesser jihad, where there's no option but to make war because, there's, because peace is false and unjust. The greater jihad is on the inside. The harder war, the more difficult war, the more important war is in your heart. And so the, 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 in order to reach the peace that is promised to us, that is open to us by way of Jesus, we have to wage the war against the, the demons of our own nature. And that is a struggle and that is a division. We have to set aside the things that corrupt and destroy us and reject them and put them so that they do not any longer exercise control over us. And this is a spiritual process. It is not just psychological. It involves faith. It involves hope. It involves trust. And it involves prayer. Um, In addition to a good therapist. Um, It it all works together. You need to know what your demons are. Therapy is great for that. But the journey to live with your demons and overcome them and no no longer let them control you is a spiritual journey. And that is the journey to which all of us are called, the greater jihad, the greater struggle, um, more important than the political struggle. Because if we lose the struggle of the heart, then we will be interpreting this passage the wrong way. We will be justifying the darker desires that lead us to do war and violence, essentially to defend our interests, ego, lesser selves, false selves. That's, that's what we will do. So I commend This passage to you, it's very important, it is very dangerous, it can be easily misused, but when understood correctly, it expresses a truth that I think all of us who have been uh, trying to live a Christian life in a serious way know intimately. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Please stand uh, to affirm our faith.